This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, August 7th, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. Now in its fifth year, Cato's Arms Sales Risk Index aims to improve U.S. decision-making about arms sales. The bad news in this year's report, the Biden administration has not departed from the American tradition of selling arms to risky nations. I spoke with co-author Jordan Cohen about the index and what it means for security. You put together this arms sales risk index that tells us exactly what? So the risk index tells us the average risk of the U.S. arms sales in any given year. And so we look at the country's risk and we use a variety of different metrics to measure this risk. And generally speaking, we find that arms sales go to countries that are in conflict or to countries that abuse human rights and only encourage that behavior more. Okay, so the United States sells arms to our friends. 169 different countries since 2009. Well, but we also sell to our friends. Yes. Like our friends are included in there. Yes. So France, France, Germany, Canada. Yep. Other NATO members. Pretty much all of NATO. Yep. But also United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Kuwait, Mexico, the Philippines, countries that are known for abusing human rights and getting involved in conflicts where the U.S. doesn't have much of a strategic interest. Okay. So, uh, and I guess just before we dig into some of the meat of what your index reveals this time, when the U.S. sells weapons to Saudi Arabia and then Saudi Arabia uses those weapons in Yemen, does Yemeni opinion about the U.S. change? Yeah, so it's hard to measure Yemeni public opinion just because it's in conflict, but generally speaking, throughout the Middle East, there is a negative hit to U.S. public opinion. Okay, so we sell weapons to a wide variety of countries, and what are the rules that govern you, the U.S. engaging in those kinds of sales? So the main rule comes from this thing called the Arms Export Control Act that was initially passed in 1976. And it basically gives Congress the power at any given for any given sale to vote on a joint resolution. So both houses joint resolution of disapproval for the sales. This has never happened. Not once since that was passed has that ever happened because it takes a supermajority. Otherwise, the president could veto it. Okay. And if that does that govern like in a, in a real sense? No. All right. So what does govern? Nothing. There, there's very little governance rules. There's some rules about monitoring the weapons, but that usually only monitors the weapons to ensure they went to the right recipient, right? The right government agency, the right military group, not to make sure those groups aren't doing anything bad with the weapons. So conservatives, well, I should say not conservatives, Republicans really had a huge problem when the United States eventually did depart from Afghanistan, departed in, you know, it was planned, but our intelligence appears to have been quite bad about the the strength of the likely people to take over Afghanistan. And we left a lot of weapons over there, weapons that are useful to the now ruling regime in Afghanistan. A lot less is said by Republicans about the really horrible countries that the United States not only le just leaves behind, but actively sells to belligerent regimes that engage in all manner of human rights abuses. Right, exactly. And with Afghanistan, one of the fun, for fun, not fun, but one of the interesting things we're seeing 
is that the Taliban have taken a lot of these weapons and used them to fund their own military, but they're also using them as a matter of revenue generating. So they will sell the weapons on the black market, which means those weapons are no longer trackable. We have no idea where they are or in what warlord's possession those weapons exist. And so they're just everywhere. And so what, how does the U.S. justify that? I mean, if, if the, if Saudi Arabia's human rights record declines, that is gets worse, they target civilians in Yemen, which of course they have, how does the U.S. then justify continuing to sell? Yeah. So the U.S. generally justifies with two different rationales. The first is economic, which is that it generates money, it creates jobs. And the second is that when we sell weapons, it gives us leverage over the recipient country to ostensibly make them safer or to make them more protective of human rights. Now, what we found in the risk index this year is that doesn't actually happen. It's the opposite. But describe that. Generally speaking, when countries buy a lot of U.S. weapons, they tend to have protection over U.S. influence. And so they get riskier. Saudi Arabia does worse things in Yemen. It, Egypt cracks down on its population more using U.S. weapons. The Philippines arrests hundreds of thousands of people using their police forces that are armed with U.S. weapons. And there's very little the U.S. does about it because they're customers and they've already received the weapons. So they change the rules to suit the country that we are going to sell weapons to one way or another. Exactly. Exactly. The State Department every year releases these country reports on human rights. And every year, the Philippines is a great example, but so is Saudi Arabia. It says, here are all the human rights issues in these countries. Every one of these issues under the Arms Export Control Act of 1976 should prevent sales, but they don't. Those countries still get the weapons from the United States. And every year, the rules kind of shift around to justify the sales. If the United States were serious, now we, there may be great reasons to sell weapons to Ukraine. There may be great reasons to sell weapons to many of these countries, but it, it seems prudent to, as the United States attempted to do in the 1970s, uh, draw a line. Yeah. Yeah. And the 1970s are interesting, right? Because that passes after Nixon. Right. It's under Ford. Ford is a weak president and the Democrats and Republicans in Congress joined together to pass this legislation over a veto, over a veto. And it works right. They, they pass it. I think the problem we have now is partisanship is so high that the parties won't be willing to work together to kind of give Congress the authority to stop these sales. And one of the things we just try to do every year with this risk index is point out to policymakers hey, you're discounting the risk of these sales, but you should know, if anything, it's getting worse. You're increasing the chances of harms to U.S. security and harms to ordinary Americans. And and just belligerence aimed at the United States. Exactly. From, from groups that may have family members who fell victim to these weapons that the U.S. provided to awful regimes. Yeah, I mean, there is a report about a month ago that Saudi Arabia actually was well aware of the 9-11 plots and that some Saudi government officials actually helped kind of house the people that eventually committed 9-11. And that happened, and then the U.S. continued to sell Saudi Arabia weapons. Jordan Cohen is co-author of the Arms Sales Risk Index, now in its fifth year. Subscribe to at Rate, the Cato Daily Podcast, wherever you please. And thank you for listening.